Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to Very Cool with Tyler Q. I am your host, Tyler Q. This is episode 42 of the podcast. I've got my buddy from Rocky's Twitter, Cameron Goldner, on the show today. He's a journalist for the Valencia County News Bulletin. He's a sneakerhead, Rocky's fan. He is an excellent chef. And we're going to talk about all that stuff. So you know what? Let's freaking go! Welcome back to Very Cool with Tyler Q, episode 42, and I have a a journalist, a fucking sneakerhead, he's a certified Twitch streamer now, I've got my buddy Cam, how's it going buddy? Good man, how are you doing? Good, how do you say your last name, is it Goldner, right? Yeah, Goldner. Because I think I've heard the, the PDP boys say it a few times, so, but yeah. it's, it's been a minute, so, how are you doing my man? Good. How about you? Been working away on my desk all weekend. <laughs> I know we had a little pre-podcast chat or whatever, but like I didn't really get into like I mean, we're we're pretty good friends on Twitter and such and we've met a few times at Rocky's games and stuff, but like how is your I've asked this with most of my guests who have like been on the past year or so, but like how is your how's your pandemic going, man? <laughs> that's such a what? that's it's such a like apocalyptic question to ask, but it's right. just like I don't know. I think everyone just kind of deals with it different. Like being inside for the past, like almost fucking year now. It's crazy to think about, but like, how's, yeah. your, how's your past year been? It's been, you know, all things considered, it's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, I've stayed healthy and, you know, pr- my family for the most part has stayed healthy and work hasn't really changed all that much. You know, I didn't lose my job or anything, which is always a plus. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, all things considered, I would say it's probably been pretty good. So I know, like I said, in our little pre-chat talk, you currently live in New Mexico. How did you, you were, were you raised in the Colorado Boulder area? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Boulder. Um, grew up there. I graduated from high school there. I went to Boulder high with Jake Shapiro, another one of our Rockies Twitter friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I moved down to Albuquerque to go to the University of New Mexico for college. So, so where's where's your family still live in Colorado, or do they all moved to New Mexico too? Yeah, no, they're all still in Boulder, pretty much, nice. uh, except my sister, yeah. who's down here with me now. Nice. How do you yeah. like living? In, how do you like living in New Mexico, man? I really like it, actually. You know, the climate's sweet. It, it reminds me a lot of boulder um in colorado in terms of climate it's just like what i always say is it's just like 10 degrees warmer all the time it's got it's got like utah like climate vibes to me every time i've been there it feels yeah because winters can get like hella cold but summers are like really hot but like fall and spring is like pretty moderate right right yeah Yeah. no it's pretty nice um so like even today it's like i think it was 60 or something today it was gorgeous out must be nice man yeah (laughs) 
So like when you were um you said you went to high school in Colorado and then you got you graduated like how many is was New Mexico like the top of your list of places you wanted to like leave and go to college for? I mean not really. Um I kind of applied on a whim. They offered me one of those like free applications or whatever. Um so I was like, oh, you know, why the hell not? I'll go for it. Apply, see what happens. Um and then I got in and I got a scholarship offer. They do like a Colorado reciprocal scholarship, they call it. Um, so you get to pay in-state tuition, uh, which made it cheaper for me to come down here than for me to stay in state and go to CU or CSU. Gotcha. So I came down on a visit and re- ended up really liking it. And that was all she wrote. And you've been there for four or five years now, right? Yeah, four. I guess it'll be five this august um what's what did you i know so you're doing um like you you write for the what paper is it that you write for uh it's the valencia county news bulletin nice so like at a high school were you i mean even in high school were you like covering sports there covering like other new stuff like what made you wanted to get into like journalism it was kind of always something that I had toyed with. Like as a kid, you know, I read the sports section every morning while I was eating my cereal before I went to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was always something that I was interested in. And I had a Sports Illustrated subscription as a kid. Dude, uh, I, both- used to lo- I used to love Sports Illustrated. Like, I, it's so weird to think that, and this is kind of off topic, but it's it's not, but like the death of magazines is like one of the saddest things ever, right? Especially yeah. when you- when you grew up reading like sports illustrated, even like ESP in the magazine, like shit for me, even like boys life and like, like a lot of church mag, like Mormon right. church magazines. Like, it's just weird to think that those things don't exist anymore. Right. Right. No, that, I totally feel the same way. Like it sucks not coming home. Like, you know, the day that your new issue comes in oh, and for sure, dude. coming home from school and like ripping it open and reading it cover to cover. That I mean, was always even, my thing. Like, were you I just into like cover to cover? Were you even into like like AP and like re- like maybe not Revolver, but like music magazines were like a huge part of like how I got into music and stuff. Not as much as like the sports stuff, but I definitely like you know would pick a copy up or whatever here and there and and read it when there was something that I was kind of interested in. Yeah, or like browse um, at a gas station or when you're in like a border. Yeah, right. doctor's office all that good stuff (laughs) (laughs) highlights magazine and shit like that that's right (laughs) so like yeah i i kind of interrupted you for a sec but like how did how did you slowly get the like the uh like the journalism like how did you like get the you know wanting to get into that sure yeah no so I mean, writing was always kind of another thing that I was interested in. And I kind of toyed with the idea of going into journalism when I was younger, like in middle school and stuff, just because that was like the thing that I consumed the most of. Um, And at that point, I kind of decided that I didn't really want to do that because I was worried about like what would happen if, you know, it became my job. And, you know, suddenly I don't care. You know, I can't watch sports anymore. I don't like sports anymore just because it's work for me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, makes sense but once i got older like once i got to high school by the time i got to the end of high school i was like you know what there's nothing else that's like remotely appealing to me at this point and so i was like you know what i'll give it a shot and so 
my, I guess it was my senior year um, of high school. I wrote a, a fan post on Purple Row after yeah. the Blue Jays game where Jose Bautista hit that home run with the bat flip. Yeah, okay. The, that famous the, bat flip. I can't. It was ALCS, right? Or Yeah, yeah. I think it was ALCS. Um, I, but I wrote a post about that and just about like how people who think that bat flips are stupid suck, basically. <laughs> uh, and, and our buddy Brian Kilpatrick sent me a message the next day and was like, hey, do you want to join the staff? And the rest was kind of history. So uh, shout out, shout out to BK, man. That's right. Uh, so yeah, so I guess how did your relationship with I, Brian's been on the podcast? A lot of people know Brian. So how yeah. how did your relationship with him kind of, and Purple Row kind of grow from there? So yeah, so I mean, I had known Brian at that point for a while because I'd been you know reading and I'd been an active reader. I would say of Purple Row by that point, probably for three or four years. Um, so, you know, we were kind of familiar with each other, um, but I worked with him a lot once I started um, and I was jumping on like anything that I could, you know, yeah. any assignment that I could. I covered a lot of like fall league roundups and prospect reports and stuff like that just because, you know, I wanted to write about as much as I could. And so Brian just helped me a ton with editing and feedback and kind of letting me, you know, venture into new territory and get my feet wet and let me make mistakes with stuff like that. And, you know, I grew a lot at Purple Row. He and, and Bobby DeMuro deserves a shout out for that too because he was an assistant editor at Purple Row at the time. Um, and both those guys helped me immensely. What were some of your favorite things? That, I mean, like, like were there certain topics? You, like, did you ever do like just straight like game, like game cast or whatever? Or was there like certain stories you like to write about? Like what, what were some of the the topics that you were like really pumped to write about. Yeah, I did. I did a few of those, um, but I mostly focused on like minor league stuff. Gotcha. Um, Cause at that point I, you know, by the time that I was a couple months in at purple row, I already knew I was going to um, UNM and with the isotopes down here, I kind of wanted to focus on that and look at the guys who, you know, I'm going to be seeing um, potentially at isotope spark in a year or two or three. And so I kind of stuck with that stuff. Um, but it was a lot of just kind of roundup type things. Like this is what, you know, the Rockies prospects who were in the Arizona Fall League or whatever did this week. And, you know, this is how they're now this guy, he went three for four or whatever on Friday. So now he's hitting, you know, 275 or whatever on the, on the season. Um, but the things like, that I kind of got into from there was I got into kind of the feature writing type stuff. Um, I did a story on Carell prime who was the first baseman in the Rockies org for I think three or four years. I think he's retired from baseball now, but I interview I got to interview him and like do a story with him. And that was like the, my first ever like interview with a player. Yeah. Um, and so that one is one that just like has stuck with me, you know, like I'll never forget that story. Were you getting, um, were you getting pretty good access to like isotopes players? Like, was it easy? Obviously yeah. moving down there made it a lot easier, but were you actually gaining access to like clubhouse where you could actually like have like one-on-ones with players and such? Yeah. Yeah. Once I got down here, I was able to start doing a lot of that. 
the first weekend after I moved in, actually, I, um, Brian helped me get isotopes credentials. So I had a three day pass. It was like their final series of the home series of the season or whatever. Cause you know, it's, it's like mid August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so that first weekend before I'd even taken a class, I started covering games at isotopes park. That's sick, um, dude. That's awesome. Which is, was awesome. Yeah. And the isotopes PR guys, Kevin Collins and Andrew Cockrum at the time, um, were awesome and super helpful and, super you know like respectful of me at that point which was something that i was kind of worried about being a young guy going in there having never like covered anything before how old um, how old were you at the time i was i would have been 18 okay gotcha so you know fresh out of high school and everything and <laughs> yeah talking to glenn allen hill who was like super intimidating yeah yeah, yeah. um and but yeah they, you know, helped me wherever they could. And I got a lot of, got to talk to a lot of awesome players, you know, cause that, at that point, that was the year like Ryan McMahon was yet to come through there. I think David Dahl was there that summer. I think he'd been called up by the time I got down, but that was like the, the best year. The, what was that? That would have been like 16, 17 was like the best yeah, yeah. year for the isotopes. That's sick, man. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So how'd you end up getting your job at the paper you work for right now? So I was, what, it would have been, I guess, we're closing in on two years now. Um, But so like summer of 2019, um, I was kind of looking, I had had kind of a falling out at the student paper um, with one of the managers and I was looking to get out basically. Um, And so I was like, you know what, let me just see if I can't get a full-time job, see if I can't snag something. And so a friend of mine from school had been hired at the paper, what, I think two two or three months before I was. And uh, so she reached out to me after they had their sports position open up and said, hey, you know, we're hiring, we're looking to bring somebody in, you should apply. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'll throw my name into the ring. At that point, like, I was thinking if I get even a response telling me I didn't get it, you know, this will be the best I've ever done in one of these job interviews. So, yeah, yeah, because yeah. at least they're um, at least they're at least you know they like looked at your stuff or whatever, right? right? Yeah, right. At least they took the time. They like gave me some consideration. Um, but I got an interview and ended up getting the job. And so now here I am. A year and a half later. What's your official, like, your official, like, uh, post at the paper right now? My official title is sports reporter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm a, we have a four person editorial team. So really I'm the sports editor. I do all the layout and take all the photos and write all the stories and everything. Yeah. Some of your photos are sick, man. Some of the stuff I've seen you do is, is way sick. Thank you. Yeah. That's kind of the thing that lately has been my favorite part about it almost. Dude, I'm, I'm starting to get into like, I mean, we just got like a pretty nice camera and like learning how to like use like a camera is like one of the funnest things ever. Right. It's so awesome. I love yeah. it, dude. It's, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so cool. And as you like, as you learn each new setting, like I remember that when I got my first camera, 
and I would just walk around campus and just like take pictures of like plants and signs and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and just like tweak this setting a little bit. And I would be like, okay, now I know how to use, you know, I know how to control the ISO or whatever. Like learning how to take that thing off of automatic is like definitely one of my like big goals trying to like, cause I mean, you, you can pretty much just like point and click or whatever, but like learning, right. how, like you just said, learning like the shutter speed and the ISO and the light meter and stuff like that's like something I want to learn like so, so bad. It's so cool. It's so rewarding once you do it. <laughs> Cause so, now like, yeah, I haven't shot on auto and years now yeah that's yeah i i just took a bunch of pictures of my girlfriend and like having it on auto was like fun because you can right. just kind of sense everything for you but i want to learn how to like really work that other stuff you know yeah for sure so you can so control saw, everything like so a I little saw bit you, better i saw you did you apply to defector uh off the record i did yes <laughs> that's tight man i i love those guys man i love i, do I, love, too. I love everything those guys do yeah they're they're so awesome the work they do is so cool it's so unique too like there's no other place like it no it's awesome dude. in media so yeah uh, t- tell us about the pit man if you don't know what the pit is it's like new mexico's like famous basketball arena have you yeah. have you been to a lot of have you been to a lot of games at the pit i have been to a lot of games at the pit what's it, the, like explain the like environment there like because i've obviously i've never been there but like it's like it's like world famous for like whatever it is they do there right yeah no it's kind of unreal like um so it is like as the name describes it's a pit right like they dug into the ground to build the stadium so when you drive by it it's just like a one-story building um, but it goes like a hundred feet down into the ground and it's really, it's steep bleachers basically all the way up and down and it's just fucking loud. It's probably it is, so hot in there too, right? Yeah, it's hot yeah. <laughs> and they haven't been that great the last couple of years. So yeah, I haven't while, been right? in there. Yeah. I haven't been in there for like a sellout crowd, um, which these days I think is like 16,000 people. But I mean, they still draw. They've been top twenty-five in attendance in the country for like two decades or something now. Um, so they're still pulling twelve, thirteen thousand people a game. Yeah, that's even wild, man. you know in down times. But yeah, it's it's just fucking loud and it's hot and it's cramped. You're kind of right on top of the court, no matter where you sit in it. It's just a it's a really cool environment. That's rad, dude. Their campus is pretty cool too. When I came through last fall, like 2019, when I was coming oh, back from yeah. Houston, like driving around their campus for a little bit, like the New Mexico campus is pretty rad. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a sweet campus. It's a what is it? It's a arboretum or whatever. Um, so there's all these different species of trees and stuff. Yeah, that's what so I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like a ton of you get a ton of birds and wildlife and stuff with that, and you know a lot of really nice green areas to hang out, and it's it's a really awesome place to just like hang out and kill an afternoon. What are some of your favorite like living in New Mexico things to do? My favorite living in New Mexico things <laughs> to do. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I mean, I think the big one uh, has got to be the Bloom Fiesta. Um. 
Oh, the hot air, hot air balloon. Okay. Yeah, which is just like it's like nothing that you will ever experience anywhere else. You know, like it's crazy. How many how many ballooners do they usually get to like to come to that? It's hundreds. That's wild. That's so crazy, man. Yeah, and they do on like the weekends in the mornings. They do these. They call them mass ascensions where everybody goes up. So you've got like the sky is just filled with balloons. And you get to walk around and like watch them inflate and get watch them get them ready to take off and stuff. It's super cool. Have you been you have in to... a hot air balloon? No. Fuck, man. I <laughs> I want to do that so so bad. Like it's they have they have something here that they do. It's called like Autumn Aloft. They do it in Park City. And my uncle runs it. And I don't know why I haven't been able to like get involved in doing it, but like that riding in a hot air balloon looks so goddamn fun to me. Yeah, you're going to have to secure a trip cuz I want to hear about it cuz no, I but- don't know if I don't know if I want to go up cuz it's just is it, is it, I don't do yeah. well with heights and it's yeah. so high in a basket basically. Dude, it looks so, like it looks so fun just like being up in such a weird like small space like that like being able to go up like hundreds of feet. Especially right. when there's like like a million other hot air balloons like around you that just has to be like a surreal like situation to be in i feel like i think it must be crazy because they go up and they like bump into each other and stuff that's wild dude which like i can't imagine being in a hot air balloon as you like collide with another and bounce off but that's like but a yeah. world that's like a world famous thing right the yeah Mexico, like hot air balloon fest or whatever it's like the it's a big deal it's like the biggest like tourism event in the state i think That'd be sick, yeah, they man. have people who come from all over the world to fly in that. How was um? This is like the dumbest New Mexico question ever, obviously. But like, were you living there during like like the height of like Breaking Bad, like being like huge? I was kind of on the tail end of it. Um, so like, were I you think, around when they were filming stuff or whatever? I think I moved down here right after they finished filming. Gotcha. Um. Have you been to a lot of the locations just to kind of like, I know it's like not cool yeah. if you like live there, but have you been like around just to like, see like, Hey, I saw that in the show or whatever. No. Yeah. I have been to a bunch of them. Uh, Jesse Pinkman's house. I've been to, I've driven by the Walter white house. Yeah. We, we went down there when we drove to Houston one time, we, we stopped by it and it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild that somebody actually lives in the house. Yeah. Right? I can't believe yeah. that. Did you see the people while you were there? Because sometimes they like to hang out in the driveway in their lawn chairs and like watch no, the people go by. But there by. was a there was a ton of cars like driving by. Plus, yeah. there's like there's gates everywhere and there's cameras that are like do not even step foot on the property and stuff. But it's yeah. just kind of it was wild to like see it in real life. I know it's just a house, but it's like right. the same way with every show you watch. Like you can go see the Full House house or the the Home right. Alone house or whatever. Like it was just kind of wild to see it in real life and be like. Oh, they filmed like one of the coolest shows ever. But there's people who like still live like live in the house. It's so wild to me. Yeah, I can't imagine living in that house. It seems like it would suck Yo, just because just having... you do constant traffic. Yeah, Ugh. and then there's like um the car wash, and then like mm-hmm. El Pollo Loco. What's the actual name of the restaurant? It's like Spinners or something, right? Twisters, yeah. Twisters, that's right. Twisters. <laughs> Twisters. Yeah. Have you, have you been there and had the the food there? I have. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's actually awesome. yeah <laughs> um yeah. tell me about twitch man you've, you've been doing like 
I just saw that you like became an affiliate. Like how does, um, how does your whole Twitch like situation work? So yeah, I just kind of stream. It's kind of, I'm kind of inconsistent with it, but I try and stream usually like a couple nights a week. Um, but it was something that I started doing like a little bit in March, kind of after things shut down. Um, cause I run along with Nick and Connor, we run, well, Nick doesn't run it. Connor and I run it and Nick is in it. Um, we run an out of the park baseball, uh, sim league online league. Um, and so we've got a bunch of our other like Rockies Twitter buddies in it and everything. Um, but so the first time I streamed on Twitch actually was when we did a team draft to decide who everybody got, um, got to manage. And I was like, you know what, this is pretty fun. And so I just kind of here and there would stream from my PlayStation or whatever. And now that I've got kind of a, a more official setup, I've been doing it a lot more often. And yeah, thanks to big thanks to Nick for helping me get to affiliate. Cause he kept hyping me up to his, his SMB buddies and stuff to get him to come watch me. What does but that yeah, mean? Exactly. What does the affiliate mean? Exactly. So the affiliate allows you to make money off of it basically. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so they play ads before your streams and like when you join in, you'll see an ad first and then you have the option to subscribe, which is like, I think it's $5 a month. They have like tiers. It's like five, 15 and 25 or something like that. Um, and then half of that money goes to the streamer and the other half goes to Twitch. Um, but just, there's more ways for people to kind of support you and, um, you to make a little money off of it. So have you made like, I mean, you can watch some people's Twitch streams. Like there's this guitar player I follow, like his, like he's always got like stuff like popping up on screen and like emotes and yeah. stuff. Like, have, you, have you got like that far into it yet? Uh, I haven't quite gotten that far into it yet. Um, I do have like alerts that pop up when somebody follows or subscribes or whatever. Um, but I need to, that's one of the things that I'm planning to do this week is, I got to find somebody to make an emote for me because now I can have one. Yeah. Um, but I just have no idea yet what I want it to be. So, Is that something you so, want to try to – obviously, you've got like a full-time job, but is that something you want to take like a lot more like seriously since – I mean, we're still yeah in pandemic quarantine times or whatever. Like do you have a lot of time where you can like put into like your Twitch stuff? Yeah, I've got a fair amount of time. You know, I can do – I usually do like a couple of evenings a week, two or three hours. And then, you know, sometimes more just kind of depending on how the week goes. Um, but and yeah, it's play, definitely, what do you, sorry, what are you playing most of the time? Uh, mostly lately it's been super mega baseball three. Um, just because that's kind of the game that I knew I would be able to get some viewers with, um, so that I could hit affiliate. Um, now that I've hit that milestone, I want to start kind of branching out a little more and start playing, you know, some other things here and there. So can you, um, can you do like older games on that too? Like if you wanted to hook mm -hmm. up like Nintendo or like Nintendo 64 and stuff, is that pretty easy to do? I don't know how easy it is to do with a 64, but it's definitely possible. Um, there are people who that's their whole thing is they stream retro games. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm not sure how hard it would be exactly with an N64. I would imagine that would be a little more difficult. Um, but you can pretty much anything that you can play, you know, on a any video game you can pretty much play on Twitch, yeah. Are you doing like 
I know you're doing super mega baseball and like you've done like a few Among Us streams for us and stuff, but like uh-huh. are you are you into doing like Call of Duty and like a lot of shooter games? Are you trying to like branch away from like the the big like first person games? No, I've played I did some Call of Duty streams back like last September. Call of Duty it's just one of those things that like doesn't hold my attention for very long, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't have the time to like sit and put a hundred hours into it the week it comes out. So by the time <laughs> yeah. that like yeah. if I buy one two hours after release, by the time I start playing, you know, I'm already that far behind everybody. Um so Call of Duty's not one that I've ever been like super big on. Um like I haven't bought the new one and I probably won't unless it gets, you know, super cheap or whatever. Um but definitely some of those like big first person games like Red Dead, I guess isn't necessarily a first person game, per- first person game, but like things like that, you know, I have a lot of fun with. How many uh how many eyes are you pulling in for each stream? Uh I think I'm averaging right now like 4 or 5 viewers. Which is pretty good. I've got like 55 followers, I think. Yeah. Um so I'm pretty happy with that at this point. Dude, how did how do some of those like big Twitch streamers like it's kind of wild to think that like I mean who's like the biggest like let's just take Ninja for like he's not even yeah. on Twitch anymore or whatever right but like how many people are, are at one time are like watching him play like Fortnite or whatever he does like tens to hundreds of thousands potentially that's that's fucking Which crazy is, man yeah it's fucking insane yeah I, I mean think- are you are you are you even nervous having like five to 10 people like watch you do stuff or do you not really think about it? Um, it depends what I'm doing. I try not to think about it too much. Um, but I've definitely noticed that I play worse when I'm streaming, like, especially with SMB, like I'm playing in this, this two V two tournament, which I was telling you about earlier. Cause I've got the finals of that later tonight. Um, but I streamed the first game that we did of that on, Let's see. I guess that I think it was Wednesday or Thursday night. And I was like so nervous the whole time. Um, and the dude I was playing with is like the number two SMB player in the world. So I didn't oh, want to fuck it up for him, you know? Um, but I was like sweating and I, we'd finished it up last night and I did it off stream and I played so much better. There's definitely like a, a gap, you know? So I think it does subconsciously affect me a little bit. That's, um, uh oh, what was i gonna say sorry i just had a question in my head but like oh, are, no, you doing the, uh, are you um i've i i don't think i've wa- i've watched one of your twitch streams i think when we were playing among us or whatever but uh-huh. like are you do are you doing a lot of the like the like commentary on stuff where you just kind of like have the camera on and just like having people watch you play or are you kind of like interacting with a lot of the people yeah i try and do a lot of interaction um you know i kind of like doing the commentary because when i play games like even if it's just me sitting in my house alone, like I kind of commentate to myself on stuff or like react out loud or whatever as things happen in the game. So that part kind of comes pretty naturally to me. Um, So yeah, I do, I do try and like keep up when, when there's people in chat and they're chatting, like I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. That's pretty fun. Cause like, uh, some of the people I watch, like the guy, that guy I told you, that guy who plays, I, he's a guitar player for yeah. one of the bands I like. Like, he's like super interactive with people. Like, he's always like, 
at the, you know, answering questions in the chat or like telling people like, Hey, thanks for subscribing or like doing a lot right. of like, big time commentary stuff. Is that, is that something you're, you're wanting to like get like, let's say at some point you do get like a hundred and 200 people watching you play. Is this like, is that something that's going to get you like way pumped on like wanting to stream like way more? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I had, I had a raid last week, which is where like somebody ends their stream. Right. And they, bring all their viewers into your stream like, yeah like send them over to another yeah yeah, yeah yeah and i had a raid and it was like 10 it was like 10 viewers i clipped the highlight on my channel um but like even that i was just like so blown away that somebody had brought like 10 people into my chat that i just like lost it um i was like <laughs> totally funny. speechless <laughs> And I was in like the middle of an <laughs> online game, so I couldn't really like stop and like collect myself. And I don't, I like don't even remember finishing that game, you know, because I was like so distracted. Um, but I didn't notice initially that they were there, right? Because I turn, I close the chat when I'm in the middle of a game like that, just so that I can focus. Um, and it was kind of the later yeah. innings, and it was getting stressful, so I wasn't checking. And so it took me like a a minute. I think to notice that everyone that they were all there before I realized it. So then I was embarrassed that I hadn't noticed it. Um, so it was, it's like a super, I hate watching that highlight back, but it's super funny. <laughs> um, so when isotopes were kind of like bumping before, like everything yeah. shut down, were you going to a lot of isotopes games? Yeah, I was, I'd go, I was going probably, at least once a week, depending. Dude, having, know, less... like, having a tri- AAA team like in your town and like being able to like go to that all the time is like such a fun feeling, right? It's so fun. It's because like, you know, I grew up, I could go to Rockies games pretty easily as a kid, right? But going to a major league game is such an ordeal. You know, you got to get yeah, there early sure. and pay 25 bucks to park and walk the half mile to the stadium and find your seat and all of that stuff. And when you're at like the isotopes, you know, you just walk in and you can hang out and it's, you know, you're right behind home plate or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, it's a totally different environment. It's, I love it. It's, it's kind of sad because I live literally like, minutes from like where the owls yeah. play the or where the out or used to play right and i feel bad that i never like took advantage took advantage of like going to their games all the time because like we had the we have the bees here too in salt lake but that's like right minutes, but it's not like an awful drive at all and i feel like i don't access like these i mean obviously now these nobody's playing anything but like right. even when they were kind of like bumping during the summer like i feel like i never took advantage of like going to enough games when you can have like that kind of entertainment like literally like in your backyard right yeah no i even still i kind of feel that way like honestly i wish i could go just like every night and just like live at the ballpark yeah just be that guy that like the team like knows every time you show right. up at the gates. They're like hey cam like <laughs> take you to your seats or whatever. yeah i would love to be right. that kind of guy and it's like you know for me because uh, tell us about Sorry. oh no you're good I was no, sorry. Keep say, going. Sorry. I was just no. I was just gonna say like, because until I moved um, this past summer, I lived. Yeah, I was like minutes away. I think five minutes was as far as I'd ever lived from Isotopes Park. 
So it was a super easy thing for me to do. And it was super cheap too, you know, in terms of for getting three hours of entertainment out of it or whatever. It's hard yeah. to beat 10 bucks. Yeah, it's so fun to just have a, like a night at the ballpark like that when the homies can like come over and you guys can all just like share a row and just like bullshit and just like watch like the major, the minor league, like major league slash, you know, players coming to town. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, tell us about Goose, my man. Goose, the real star of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and Goose, he's what kind of what breed is, what, what breed is Goose? Goose is an Australian Kelpie mix. So my theory is that he's got like some Labrador or some Pitbull or something in him too, because he's got kind of a square head, um, which based on my my Google searches, he doesn't really, he has kind of got the ears of a Kelpie, but he doesn't really look like a Kelpie otherwise. So I think, yeah, Pitbull um, probably is another big one. But I'm glad that they put Kelpie on the card because that makes it a lot easier to find a place to live. So, but yeah, many, he's um, good. How, how old is he? Um, he is between two and three. I would guess he's about two and a half. Um, they told us initially at the shelter. They said he was two, um, but the guy then like the shelter tech or whatever who helped us meet him the first time. And then the vet both confirmed that they thought he was probably, probably closer to one. Um, Cause he was still really young. So he's sort of starting to mellow out now. He's getting yeah. to that age. He seemed like for a minute, he, he seemed for a minute there that he was like really giving you and your housemates some like pretty heinous, fucking trouble yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah he was the first oh, like i would say so we got him november of 19 and so the thing the deal was like so i work during the days obviously and my roommate works nights he works overnights in the at the hospital um so one of us was always going to be home right um so, you know, then he could kind of take care of him during the day and I could kind of take care of him at night. Um, but we lived in a cramped ass little apartment and he just like, no matter what we did, it was impossible to get him enough exercise. So there were a lot of late nights where he'd keep me up till two or three in those first oh, months just because he dude. was, it was brutal just because he was not, you know, he wasn't getting enough exercise which was on us, but like it was, it sucks when you come home from work and you're up, then you're up till three trying to get the dog to settle down and got to go do it all again. But which is why I initially wanted a cat, but my roommate's allergic. So cats are dude. Cats are so chill. Like, but I want a dog every day. Like I see dog pics from everyone online and like, dude, it makes me want to get a dog so bad. Oh Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, now that I have Goose, like, I can't imagine it any other way, right? But, like, yeah, yeah they're yeah. just, they're so fun, <laughs> but they're so much more work. Because, like, oh, by dude, the so end, much, dude. So much. now we've got a backyard, and he's content to just, like, hang out out there all day. And, you know, it's a lot easier to wear him out. Doesn't need to be walked as long. But he was going, I was taking him for three-plus-mile walks seven days a week towards the end of living in the apartment oh, just just to 
settling down. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So, so if anybody follows Cam on Twitter, he is extremely proficient in the kitchen. Let's yes. talk about let's talk about you and your like uh <laughs> let's talk about smoking, man. Oh hell yeah. Nothing that how I love you, talking about more that? than smoking. Um, how, <laughs> how'd you get into that? So the thing that kind of first piqued my interest, like I I got into cooking pretty hard probably I guess probably two years ago now, two and a half years ago now, something like that. Um but right? I'm living in an apartment. I had a balcony. I had a tiny little propane like camp stove that I would pull out sometimes when I wanted to grill. Um, but on Instagram, actually, I started following these guys, these two accounts, this Jew can cue and grilling with dad who are like hardcore, like <laughs> smokers. Right. And they do a ton of yeah, barbecue yeah. and stuff. And they're just like in their backyards or whatever doing it. Um, and so I was, I like got, so I would just like scroll through their feeds for hours and just like look at these different things they're cooking. And I decided, you know, as soon as I have a place with a backyard, the first thing I'm doing is I'm getting a smoker. And I held true to that. I think I picked it up the day after we moved in. Um, and I've just been going ever since, man. But, What's your favorite thing to smoke? Um, I would say probably a pork shoulder just cause yeah. that now I've done enough of those that it's pretty, it's a pretty straightforward cook for me. And it's, you can get a, you know, you can get a 10 pound pork shoulder on sale for like 12 bucks Yeah, pretty cheap. and then I don't have to cook the rest of the week and they don't take as long. Usually either I can get up Dude, at 6am have- and start it instead of four. I can't believe you have the patience to like, that's why I'm an instant pot man. Because like, yeah, it literally takes like 40 minutes to make like a whole meal. Like I don't have the patience or the like mind space to like wait on a piece of meat for like 14 hours, man. I don't know how people do it. Right. You know, I kind of don't know how I do it either. Cause I'm t- not typically like a terribly patient person. Like I can't stand waiting in yeah, lines yeah. and shit. Like, Early in the pandemic, when there was lines into the grocery store and stuff, that shit was brutal for me. Oh, I half the time yeah, I was like, you know what, I'm just not going to eat. Fuck it, I don't need groceries. Um, but for whatever reason, <laughs> that just has like captivated me because I get to sit there and like tend to it throughout the day and like check the fire. Because I use, I have like a Texas offset style smoker. Um, it's just a little charcoal rig, so. I have to go out and, you know, add more coals on and add blocks of wood and stuff throughout the day. Um, But it's super fun. It's like the only time I've ever been excited to get up at 4 a.m. Yeah, man, it's like, but it's also like the more like patience and the more like time that you can like give something like it's like barbecue when it's like cooked right is like some of the best like food you'll ever eat. Yeah. No, a like well cooked brisket or whatever is like absolutely like the greatest thing you can eat on earth. You just yeah, yeah it just have you, watched, you just um, have to be patient. Have you watched that show on Netflix? That it's like the I can't remember what it's called exactly, but it's the barbecue show. But everything the, is shot in like super like eight K like HD or whatever, and some of that shit is so wild to watch, right? 
Yeah, no, I have. I've started watching that. Like, as soon as I heard about it, I was like, oh, this is right up my alley. But no, it's super crazy like, to watch so, how those guys do it. Like, the coals are, like, like you can see, like, every fiber of, like, the coals, like, cooking the meat and stuff. That shit is so cool. Yeah, I don't... I would love to, like, go behind the scenes on that show, you know, and just, like, see, like, what it takes yeah, yeah. for them to get shots like that. Because it's just, it's just mind-boggling. <laughs> Uh, besides smoke, like using your smoker, like what are some of your like other like other favorite things to cook in the kitchen? Man, some of my other things. Um, I love just like grilling a pork tenderloin or something. You know, that's like a simple thing that just is fucking delicious. Doesn't take very long. Um, let's see what else. The thing that I've been kind of experimenting with lately is pasta um, and kind of making pasta, trying to do it by hand, which is. I've decided it's not worth the effort. It's a lot of work, and yeah, it's like did you ever did you ever it. did you ever find the drying racks? I know you were looking for those. Yeah, no, I did, and I definitely I did dry a bunch out um, that I, now I'm working through, um, which you know makes it a lot more worthwhile. Because initially, the first couple times I did it before I had one, I was just doing like you know a batch basically and then it was all gone and i was like well i just spent three hours making pasta when i could have made the exact same meal (laughs) with a box in 20 minutes yeah 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 yeah. um because it's just like like it's good but i don't know that it was like miles better to be worth all that extra effort every single time i do it you know so the drying rack is definitely that more worthwhile um that's funny but yeah, with my sister living with me now, she has celiac disease, so she can't eat gluten. So like regular flour and malt and all that stuff is off the table, which oh, bummer, has man. been interesting because it's given me, I've kind of had to like revisit some of my recipes and kind of tweak things and make them so that they're things that she can eat. So like last weekend I did fried chicken and potato starch instead of flour, um, which was interesting. Because I'd, I'd read, um, there's this guy, Nick Dio, he's got a really Italian last name that I'm going to butcher, G. Giovanni <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was like on Master Chef and all these things, but he like swears by potato starch for frying because he says like it gets crispier than flour does, right? Oh, Which yeah. really makes sense because flour, it's really easy, like especially doing it at home to fuck it up and it just to be yeah, soggy. Burn it real quick. Yeah. Um, so I tried it last week and it worked pretty well. It just kind of like expands. I turn these, I had these little chicken thighs and suddenly they're like, it's like the size of a fucking double quarter pounder. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's, that's been kind of my latest foray, but I've been kind of, I've been working on other projects recently. So Want to talk about shoes for a second? Yes, let's. I would love to <laughs> so, talk know, about shoes. So, like, I'm. I mean, I wouldn't call myself like a sneakerhead by like any stretch of the imagination, but like, I like shoes. I like looking at shoes. I like going and like, you know, looking at shoes at like Foot Locker and stuff, or like looking right. online or whatever. Like, what got you into like being interested in like sneakers? So, like, I've always kind of had like 
sort of an eye on it, you know, just because basketball, I've always followed basketball pretty closely, right? And that's like the realm where basically all of sneaker culture, you know, kind of has originated and, you know, continues to develop and stuff. And obviously there's offshoots of that now, but that's kind of the thing that's responsible for all of this. Um, so it was probably what, I guess it was kind of like late 2019, I think it was after you and I went to a Rockies game and we were kind of talking about them a little bit. Um, and we were talking about some, some different shoes and stuff that I kind of started looking pretty closely and I ended up buying and having shit like stock X too helped a lot. Cause I could buy, cause like when I was starting out, you know, I didn't really know what I was looking for. But I decided, like, I wanted a pair of ones. I wanted a pair of Jordan ones, um, without spending like three hundred dollars or whatever. So I ordered yeah, yeah, a pair yeah. of a Guava Ice ones off of StockX for like seventy five bucks or something, and then it was just all downhill from there. I it just totally set me off on like a craze, and I ended up. Let's see, because now I have, I think I have six pairs of Jordans. Hell yeah. So that was kind of, that was kind of the shoe that started it all for me, though. Your crim- love- what is it? Your, your, uh, the crimson pink ones, dude? I love that pair. Yeah. Aren't those sweet? Those are I sick. Still, I really like that color. That's like such a, it's such a good colorway. I, I love those shoes. Are you so fucking, yeah. do you, do you get to, Dude, like I have boxes and boxes and boxes of shoes, but like I go to work, I work in a construction zone, like paint shop. So I don't get to wear like, I don't get to wear like nice shoes. Like I wear my shitty like beaters that I get from like savers, like every day until they like literally fall off my feet. Right. And I come home from work and like, if we don't go anywhere, I don't put shoes on obviously. So like I have boxes of just like unused shoes. Like you still, I mean, you get to go. To like work every day so like do you get to wear right. a lot of your shoes are you are you kind of the guy who kind of like keeps them like wrapped up and stuff no i wear them um i wear them to work typically um just because especially now with no sports i'm just sitting in an office all day basically um which sucks but like it means that i can wear you know i can wear my shoes and i can wear them every day and not really worry about them getting beat to shit because i've got a few pairs now like my fire red fives in particular, like, you know, i obviously I want to wear those out and be able to show those off, but like, I don't want them to be in situations where they're going to get fucked up. So yeah, the yeah. office is kind of good for that. Cause I can wear them to work and home or whatever, get them out and I'm wearing them. I don't have to feel bad about the fact they're sitting in the closet, but you know, they're not really exposed <laughs> so to like tough. adverse conditions. That's the worst, dude. I hate having like boxes of shoes that I just like, I look at every day and I'm like, dude, why do I have these? So I've been trying to like, been trying to like consolidate and like get rid of a few on like sure. Macari or like offer up and stuff just to like, cause I hate the fact that they just like, it's rad to have like a tower of boxes of shoes, but like, it also sucks that they, you never fucking get to wear them. Dude. I hate that shit. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's something you said to me at one point. It's like, what's the point of having shoes if you're not going to wear them, you know? like it's so weird. Like, some of those collectors, like, I just see they have, like, rooms and rooms of shoes. And it's like, cool, you have all these shoes. But, like, you don't even – you can't even wear one pair every day, like, for an entire year and, like, not wear the same pair. Of, like, that's right. cool. 
if you've got the money to do it, I guess what? Like, I don't, right. I don't, I don't get having like the wall of shoes that you're never going to wear. It's so wild. Right. That have never come out of the box. Like, yeah. I like, do you know who PJ Tucker is? Is an NBA yeah, yeah, player. Yeah. He's I the like, dude who wears like the wild, wild pairs. Yeah. I like him because he wears like his off white ones, which are worth, you know, $1,200. He plays basketball on those. He's, he just like does not give a shit. Well, isn't he the guy that wore the like the pair of like uh, Fresh Prince like Jordan fives or whatever that there's only like ten pairs in the world or whatever? Yeah, he that's is. crazy. And like Will right. Smith was like, "Yo, man, what are you doing?" Right. <laughs> um, when are you gonna pull the trigger on the, the the court purple ones, man? I want some so bad. I do too. I'm like, I'm tempted every single day to buy a every pair day. of those. Every day, dude, I'm like, dude, I should just buy these just to get it over with because they're right. never going to get any cheaper, right? Right. No, they're never going to get cheaper. I'm always going to want them. My thing, I I very strongly considered buying a bot just for that release. I was like, I'm going to get one pair off of it. I'm not going to like buy them all up so I can resell them. I'm going to get one pair um, <laughs> just so that I can get them and get them for retail. And obviously yeah, I didn't yeah. end up doing it, but I was oh, so man. tempted. I almost – a few times I almost texted you and was like, Tyler, do you want to split a bot? We can get two <laughs> pairs of court ones. What's your, um, it's just a pretty basic question, but like, what is your like grail shoe? My grail shoe. Honestly, I think it's probably, uh, the off white one in the UNC blue. Ooh, I just sick. fucking love that shoe. You going to take the zip tie off of it when you get them or what? No, you got to leave the zip tie on, <laughs> which is like a, such a stupid thing, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's, it's so funny. It's so funny that like this, somebody put a 25 cents, not even that. Zip ties are probably what, like two cents a pop? Yeah. <laughs> two cents zip so, tie on a fucking so shoe. And it's um, worth, now it's worth thousands of dollars. So I put out some, I put out some questions or asking for some questions on Twitter. You want to close this down by answering some I'll try to pick some good ones. They're mostly pretty lame, but I'll give you some questions if you're ready for them. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Judy, our friend, our friend Judy says, can we get more goose picks? Judy, we can absolutely get some more goose picks. Let's get goose. I'll, I'll I'll post a, I'll post a goose compilation after we finish up with this. Uh, Our friend, Nick, the cat guy asks, and he posted a picture of you and Ted at the CU game and you were flipping the bird and Ted is wearing a uh, Jason mask <laughs> and he wants, I'll, I'll post this picture on, on my social so everybody can see it, but excellent. he wants to know, I want to know about this moment and why it changed your life. God. So that moment, that was an incredible night. <laughs> so that was, they're playing, CU was playing USC that night and I think it was the week after Halloween, maybe. It was like the first weekend in November, which is why Ted's wearing the the mask. And um, so in that moment, we were like in the front row of the student section at Folsom. And it was the third quarter, and Christian Powell, who at the time was a running back for the Buffs, had just fumbled at like the 25-yard line or something, which, you know, if you've been in Folsom, that's, you know, kind of right in front of the student section going – south i think i'm not so good with directions but anyway 
like the 25 yard line right in front of the students and some USC player recovered it. And I was in a bad mood cause they were losing and it was cold and he came over and he was like shushing the student section or whatever. And I was like, if you watch the clip of it, um, which I have somewhere I'll find and uh, pu- push out again later this evening. Um, you can see me like watching this guy getting more and more annoyed and turning from like, oh shit, he just fumbled to like, fuck this dude. And so I flipped up the bird, not knowing I was on ESPN in that moment. And it was like, cause it was like a Friday night game. So it was nationally televised, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I like flipped the bird for like a second, not even like thinking about it. And, um, then like they're going into a commercial break or whatever. So like a few minutes later, I checked my phone, Ted and I lamented the fumble. And then I checked my phone and it was absolutely fucking blowing up. Dude, that rules. That's so funny. It was so funny. I had like 15 text messages. I think I had like 50 Twitter notifications or something already. Um, (laughs) But the first time I saw it was Jake Shapiro. He's like, dude, He's like, you just flipped off ESPN. And I was like, what? And he's like, the ESPN broadcast was showing you and you flipped the fucking bird. Dude, that is so and funny. Everybody was texting me and being like, you know, hey, I just saw you on TV. <laughs> but it was uh, insane. That's tight. Our next question is from, uh, oh God. It's from Hank Hill, Arlen Hank Hill. Oh God. And he asked, yeah, I've got one. Where did he get the nerve? I ought to kick his puny little ass down the street. <laughs> Hank, Arlen Hank wishes he could kick my ass <laughs> down the street. Uh, Bron- our friend Broncos Reddit asks, what's for dinner? What is what's for dinner? for dinner? I was thinking about making some pasta carbonara, actually. Oh, that sounds fucking good, dude. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Tyler Mon. Shout out to my man, Tyler Mon. He just Tyler. He says... Just tell him I am proud of him and I love him. Uh, thanks, Tyler. That's, That's a Tyler's a good guy. Tell <laughs> Tyler I loved him too. Tyler, man, those guys had me on PDP way back. Yeah, those guys are the best, dude. The best. Yeah, they're awesome. All right, I think that's probably a good. That's a good. Uh, a good solid note to go off on. So I really appreciate you doing this, my man. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. You are very cool, and I will talk to you later, my man. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Your cue is a huge success. Give it up for my man, Cam. He is awesome. I appreciate him coming on the podcast so much. You can check him out, like he said, in the Valencia County News Bulletin in New Mexico. Check him out on Twitter at Goldfinger, G-O-E-L-D-F-I-E. And G-E-R, Goldfinger, on Twitter, of course. And you can always find the podcast on Spotify, on Apple, on Stitcher. It's everywhere now. It's awesome. You can also find me online, Instagram, Twitter, at Tyler Q in Utah. You can always find me there. And you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are at, which is awesome. I appreciate you guys coming back. I will talk to you later. See you soon. Cool, very cool, cool, very cool, cool, very cool.